Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. Last Tuesday morning, the research crew and I were in the conference room going over what we needed to get done before the to get us ready for the spring season. With no snow on the ground and April only three weeks away, a guy can get a little anxiety thinking about all the things you got to get done. Tuesday afternoon, though, I drove up to Fort Dodge, Iowa to speak to some farmers at a meeting up there, and on Wednesday, going to Fort Dodge took care of all the anxiety about spring coming fast. Man, is the snow deep up there. If the Iowa and Minnesota boys decide to melt all that snow in the same week, everyone along the Mississippi is going to need to back up because it's going to get deep. Today's podcast, I'd, I'd like to cover a question that involves the, the discussion over grid sampling versus zone sampling. Now, of course, if you're a customer of CropTech, you know that we're advocates of the zone sampling. Using as many layers of data as possible to identify the field's weaknesses and strengths. Calibrated yield maps, soil type maps, LIDAR maps, conductivity maps, aerial images, drone shots, all this backed up by boots on the ground, in-field inspections. As technology continues to improve, our ability to detect changes in the field with products, say, like the Smart Firmer, um, give us another avenue to manage those changes even greater yet. With planners and applicators that can change by the row, by the foot, across the field, we are now able to improve or focus tighter on our management zones. With these new tools, we'll be able to move more to what I call high-resolution farming, literally managing our soil by the foot. With all these new tools to map a field spatial variability, we are finally hearing the discussion at grower meetings that why are we grid testing when the spatial data layers don't respond by grid? Now, this is a question that has baffled me for a long time. Why do the masses continue to soil test on the grid? Why do most universities promote sampling by the grid? At one time, that's all we had. When I first started soil sampling at the co-op 100 years ago, we just zigzagged through the field to get a sample that represented the field. When it came about that we could get better repeatability by grid sampling, Then we moved to grid sampling and getting more samples out of the field uh, and this all all of a sudden became easier with GPS. So we know we'd go back to that same point to collect the sample. This is a great improvement over doing nothing. The grid sample, we know the fertility at that GPS point is. So where we stop to pull that, we know what that fertility is at that point. But what we see at that GPS point will not be the same as the GPS point that is 330 feet away in any direction. So when points that are 330 feet away have different pH levels, phosphorus, potassium readings, organic matter levels, cation exchange capacity uh, might change drastically from 300 feet away. When they're different, you have to figure out what you're going to do. What are you going to spread in between that 300 feet, between the points that are different? Which soil test do you believe, or do you average those two? That is where the concept of Krieging came about. So using high-end software to look at the points 
and use some mathematical equations to figure out what to do with the 330 feet between those points on our grid. Now, most agronomists realize that when organic matter and cation exchange capacity of a point 330 feet away don't match up, you most likely have had a change in soil type or topography in that 330 feet. With today's technology, we don't need software to help us to guess where this takes place. We can just look at our layers of data. It might change within 50 feet. It might change within 150 feet. If we listen to the data layers, the field will talk to us and tell us how it should be tested and managed. I know as a crop tech customer, you understand that taking an out-of-date process like grid testing and matching it to high-end software to make zones seem silly. But a lot of you have landlords and farm managers that don't always understand why you zone uh, test on your farm. Why do you use zones when everybody else is using grids? For you, the reason is simple because you have all the data layers telling you how to manage your fertility in the zone format. But most landowners have never seen these layers. I recommend when you have uh, a landlord or farm manager questioning your methods, sit down and show them the data that you have collected. Show them a 2012 yield map compared to a 2015. A, so you're looking at a dry year and a wet year. Show them the LIDAR maps and aerial maps as well as your drone imagery if you have it. You'll be surprised how quickly zone management makes sense to them. I went through the data layers with a landowner for one of our customers to help him understand the process some time back. And when we were done, he said, you know, that's the way the field yielded all the years that I farmed it. I just didn't think about changing management by zones. This all makes sense. When this landlord was farming, we didn't have the technology to zone farm it. Now, I'm not saying that all samples pulled on a grid are inaccurate. They do represent the soil they were pulled from. But samples that are pulled from transition areas where zones meet can get to be confusing and unrepeatable. Working with the pest boss the other day, she said, I do see the value of moving to zone management. But she was afraid of losing all the soil test history she has on the farms. She has organic matter values that go back a long way and wanted to continue to follow these values over time. My suggestion was go ahead and build the zones off of her layers of data. Once the zones were built, lay the past grid points over her new zones. Look for the grid points that fall solid, solidly inside the management zone and keep those. All of those that are on transition lines, get rid of them. She'll have a portion of the field where she can continue to track those values over time. The points in the transition areas were not repeatable areas. And throw them out and redefine points inside the zones and she'll get repeatability in her samples. What she said was an issue with some samples where the values swing wide from one testing to the next. Talking with a soil tester from Canada, he said, I agree with what you say but I don't get any of these data layers to work with. We don't even have a soils map like you have in the United States. I just get the order to sample the field. Matter of fact, 
most of my growers don't collect any of the layers to work with. Well, in this case, you don't have any options but to just represent the field as best as possible. And the grid may be the only way to do it. In, sen in essence, he's working blind. Conversation with a fertilizer dealer in Minnesota, he said, I see the value of zones, but our software will only handle grid testing. And this is a big issue. When we rely on the computer to make recommendations and build the spread maps, most of this high-end software is designed for grid testing because that's what the masses use for their testing. My suggestion to him is to change the software. You know what they say, junk in, junk out. Now don't get me wrong, most of the masses and most of the university as well as government nutrient programs use and promote grid sampling. But I can tell from talking with thousands of farmers across the Midwest and Canada as I do grower meetings, the tide is finally starting to turn. As more and more growers look at layers of uncreaked data collected by today's technology, they're starting to ask that question. Why are we collecting soil data by grids and not by what the field is telling us? As more and more growers across the country start to implement this, eventually software companies will adapt. And maybe even the universities and government programs will someday adapt to it as well. Again, I know as a crop tech customer, you understand this process. But I want to let you know that in the future, you may not have to defend it what you do as much as you have to today. With that being said, don't forget to turn in your spring and summer testing needs now before we crank up the season. If you plan on planting beans early, please let Katie know because we need to keep these fields on the front of the sampling season so they don't get too tall on us. It's hard to believe we're only weeks away from the start of potentially the biggest crop of your career. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.